Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Will with American Hard Enduro. This week's podcast is brought to you by KTM of North Texas and SLM Racing. They're down in Arlington, Texas, and they can get you hooked up with all your KTM and Sherco needs. Give them a call, 817-275-2228. They got a bunch of stuff in stock, so if you're in need, give them a call. This week's podcast is pretty much Drew Kirby doing a phone interview with Tristan Hart. Uh, Tristan, this past weekend, took the win at the King of the Motos out in California. Uh, so Drew talks to Tristan not only about that, but also what he's been up to in this very cold offseason. Um, Tristan ended up battling it out with Colton Haker, Cody Webb, Taylor Robert for two motos and um, ended up taking the win. So that was your top four, Tristan, Colton, Cody, Taylor, and then Corey Grafunder rounded out the top five. So uh, hopefully y'all give it a listen, let us know what you think, and we will see you out on the trail. Hey guys, Drew Kirby with American Hard Enduro. I'm joined on the line by KTM, wait, Red Bull KTM rider, Tristan Hart. Tristan, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Oh man, I'm doing well. A lot of uh, a lot of exciting stuff going on. Uh, where are you at in the world right now? I'm in California, just still recovering from the race. I guess we just finished King of the Motos yesterday, and now just chilling out. All right. Well, so since you brought it up, uh, I guess we'll give everyone some backstory. We tried to do a little podcast interview last week as you were on your way to king of the motos and apparently there's not very good cell phone service in the middle of the desert outside of las vegas so we're going to uh we're going to give this a shot we'll do kind of what we wanted to talk about before king of motos and since you uh since you just got done racing we'll talk about that if that works for you yep all right so let's look back to 2020 on your season uh you got first battle of the goats first at tko second at rep limiter and then third overall in the abbreviated Enduro Cross. What uh, what did you think about your 2020 season? Yeah, it was pretty good. It, from the outside looking in, it kind of looks like a breakout season for me. But for me, I never really changed anything other than, I guess, getting on the factory bike halfway through the year and kind of just took off from there, I guess. Kind of a good well, year. Well, and you had been, let's see, you hurt your wrist in Enduro Cross a year ago or two years ago two years ago okay so then you kind of took last year I guess 2019 to recover or is that when you heard it yeah I heard it at the end of 2018 and then 2019 I pretty much missed half the year and then I'm still trying to recover from it I guess (laughs) was it is it still so you know like you said you just got done racing uh, a couple days ago how uh how's it feeling after that it wasn't bad because it was only two hours long, so it wasn't nearly as bad as it was last year when it was six hours. So, well, and and we'll get into the whole race here in a little bit. So you you brought it up halfway through the year. Um, I didn't know that, but I guess you switched to the factory bike. Um, was that just you were still on the Maxxis RPM team? You were just getting more factory support. Yeah, Manny was supposed to come over and do some of them, but because of COVID, I guess 
he was stuck in Europe, so they wanted to put someone on the bike. So I got the call up and, and ended up working pretty good for both of us. Well, and that, that kind of leads me into my question. Since you are officially full factory now, what, uh, how different did that bike feel? Was it, you know, noticeably different or uh, just a little better? It's for me, it's, it's good. I'm comfortable on it. I really like the bikes and yeah, no other bike I'd rather be on right now. All right. So the, the TPI is still uh, making steps forward over the past few years. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, so then once you got on the factory team, you're in Canada. How, uh, how'd this off season go for you? Did you get to do any riding? Not really much riding, to be honest. It was, it wasn't actually that cold, but there was quite a bit of snow. So I just, I did some extreme snowmobiling, I call it kind of like what <laughs> Curtis does, but not, not nearly as good, more digging maybe. And then I did some skiing too, some ski touring. That's, good exercise and good fun to get out in the mountains and see what's see what's out there all right so do you have any uh any good experiences or stories of getting trapped out there or stuck out there you could share with us because that's kind of my biggest fear about going snowmobiling in the backcountry is i don't like being cold yeah it's definitely a little scary when you're like miles and miles from service or from any hospital but we bring Garmin inreaches, so if something does happen, we can just hit the button and the helicopter will be there in like an hour or so. So it's not ideal, but that's the risk you got to take, I guess, to get the goods. Oh, I, I can't imagine the bill for uh, pressing that button to get the helicopter there. It probably wouldn't be a small one. I think it's actually free where I live. It's really community. Yeah, it's volunteers. I'm not... I'm not too sure about the helicopter gas. You might have to pay for that, but everyone else is pretty much a volunteer. So oh, wow. it's actually pretty, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, well, I guess let's get into what series you're racing this year. Obviously you just did King of the Motos. It was a standalone event. What other uh, series or championships are you chasing? So I'll be doing the East and West Extreme Championship, uh, okay. the Enduro Cross Championship and Depending on COVID and the whole traveling issue, I'll hopefully be doing Romaniacs in Erzberg. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Erzberg. I've been looking forward to it for two years now, and I'm ready to go for it. I'm fired up. Well, and then you did it, like you said, you missed 2020. was obviously canceled. Um, 2019, you ended up, what, 14th? Yeah. Would you say that's probably the hardest race you've done, like physically demanding-wise? I mean, it's only four hours, but it looks like, hell for four hours yeah it's definitely one of the most physically demanding i did one in indonesia that was probably worse just because the heat there was insane but terrain wise erzberg the whole carl diner for an hour it's pretty brutal it's i felt like dying just like cody webb and haker <laughs> said in the video that's how yeah. i felt <laughs> well i think one year we got some video of it was, i think it was colton maybe cody throwing up in the middle of the at the end of the diner like I, I can't even imagine just mentally i think it would be as hard as anything just oh trying to get through it yeah it's so long you got no idea how long it is until you actually go there and see like it's insane never ending I think the and I think the other hard part would be was it you go down and basically do a u-turn and you come right back next to it so 
you know, as you're going in, there's guys coming out. That would that would be a little uh, set you back. Yeah, exactly. And then they had a new level the year that I was there. We dropped down and did another cross Ooh. through the rocks. So yeah, it was it was insane. All right. Well, it, I guess so far I haven't heard otherwise, but it looks like it's on for 2021. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with COVID, but hopefully it all works out and we can make it there. Well, I think you answered. My next question was what race are you looking forward to the most? So uh, there you go. And you've never done Romaniacs, correct? Yeah, never done Romaniacs, but that one is another gnarly one, like eight to 10 hours a day on the bike for four days. Like that is gnarly. <laughs> well, and one thing I've always wondered is like, do you take fresh gear every day? Or are you just wearing like two pairs of boots and you're just swapping them, you know, day after day? Uh, I'd probably have two sets of boots and just cycle every other day, possibly. Yep. And then for gear, probably every day, new set of gear. And at the end of the day, you just throw the gear in the garbage because it's probably <laughs> trashed. <laughs> oh, if it rains, it looks like it would be just, oh, that looks, that looks about as brutal as anything. And I'm sure, you know, video number one never does it justice. And number two, they can only capture so much on video. So I mean, like, you know, the stuff that they're seeing out there that we never witness. I can't imagine. Yeah, exa exactly. They're showing us a 30 minute video of a eight to 10 hour day. So we're missing yeah. like eight and a half hours of riding. <laughs> no, I just, no. And I mean, when, when you see the top pro guys gassed and struggling, that's when you know it's been a good day. Um, yeah. All right. So that pretty much recaps. And, and one thing we've been wanting to do at American Art Enduro is kind of catch up with you, you top pro guys and even you know, a lot of the, the pro class guys and just catch up, see how you've been doing, uh, what's changing for 2021. And I think we got that covered. So let's talk about the weekend. How was King of Motos? It was pretty good. Yeah, I was out pre like riding the, riding the King of Hammers area with Taylor Robert a bunch. And after watching him ride, I was pretty impressed. Honestly, he's kind of been away from Harden Duro for a while, but he's so fast in the desert. So I knew coming in that if the track was going to be fast and not super difficult, which King of Motos is usually not that hard, that Taylor was probably going to be the guy to watch out for because his desert experience is, yeah, he's, he's unreal in the desert. So I knew he was going to be the guy. And then in the prologue, me, him and Cody were all together and he just checked out on me and Cody and me and Cody just, cruiser <laughs> onto the finish and we're like what the hell just happened man well it, and that's what it was so hard because you know they had live coverage but you had to pay 35 dollars to get i think like the exclusive video of you guys and then so i didn't see that and results were hard to find so how long was that morning prologue because i thought it was going to be a three-hour race like the afternoon race was supposed to be what how long did you guys yeah. end up riding it was 22 minutes in the morning and like two hours in the afternoon. So it was just a, how long was that course? If it was 22 minutes, what, five, six miles? Yeah, it was six miles. Holy cow. Okay. And was it GPS as well in the morning? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think I saw an Instagram from Cody where he said riding with Taylor and before he vanished into thin air. <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh. Well, he, uh, you know, he, he'd done TKO several years ago, I think 2013 or 14. And I mean, I think he was third place. So, I mean, he's definitely got the skills. He's just, 
and he's a West Coast guy, so like you said, he knows what to do in the desert. Yeah, definitely. All right, so then I've, I've seen the start. I saw the start of the prologue, and then the start of the final. How did they they line you guys up, like the whole pro class or like top 20, or how'd that work? Yeah, they put us in the groups of 20, and then they started us at the bottom of probably the hardest hill of the race, I'd say. And Taylor got the whole shot, and I was second. And, like, the last three feet of the climb, he looped out and ran. He let go of the bike, and it hit me, and we both <laughs> fell over. And I'm thinking, like, holy, the boss man's going to be pissed. Number one, two KTM both just got taken out by, by each other. other. Oh. <laughs> well, well, it's so funny because some of the video is surfacing, and, and I don't know if you shared it or Taylor or somebody, and it was exactly what you described. And, you know, I think Max and, and like, half the field, it seemed like, was kind of just motoring by you guys at that point. Yeah, the one thing I wanted was a good start because if you get distance with the GPS, it's hard to bridge the gap. Yeah. So I wanted to be in the the lead group of the GPSing, and so I was like, "Holy crap!" I had a good start, and all of a sudden, it's gone. <laughs> I was stressing hard, but I got up pretty quick, and I caught Cody and Max, and then all of a sudden, Taylor came out of nowhere because he he was stuck there for way longer than I was, and all of a sudden, he was in first place again. And, me and Cody are like, what is going on? Does it, he knows some of those desert shortcuts? or I mean, because you guys are getting GPS, so there's not – I would assume there's not too much off-course riding, let's call it. Yeah, it, you're are, are you just hitting – are you hitting like a few waypoints? You're supposed to stay within 50 feet of the, the line. Course. Okay. Yeah. And I would assume they go back and check people's GPS if there's any questions. Yeah, actually, at the end of the race, mine got looked over for, like, 15 minutes, and I was stressing hard. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Well, I mean, and, you know, sometimes they haven't – I don't know what the accuracy is, but, like, you can be – you know, if you're zoomed out, you can be off the line, and, you know, you're – it looks like you're on the line, but really you're off of it, if that makes sense. You know, it's got that yeah, much exactly. variance or error in it. Yeah, and Cody and Manny have both won this race, and – kind of missed a waypoint or got too far up the track and they both got DQ'd so I didn't Ooh. want that to be my first you know winning attempt at T uh King of Motos that would have been pretty upsetting oh yeah well and then so you you guys it was two laps correct in the afternoon you said a little over two hours yeah it was two 14 mile laps so it was pretty fast okay yeah I was gonna say that is moving and um, well, and then Taylor got the lead back. So then kind of take us through the race from there. How, uh, how things play out. So Taylor got back in the lead and then me, Colton and Taylor kind of stuck together the first lap. And I honestly thought Cody broke his bike or something. Cause a couple miles in, I never saw him for the first lap. And I'm like, that's not like Cody. He'd always be, he's usually right with me somewhere. So yeah. I thought he was just out of the race and I was going to see him on lap two and be like, you all right. <laughs> but yeah, I guess he was, he was always just lurking at 30 or 40 seconds behind us. He could always see us, but never just close the gap. And so we went back and forth a couple of times, uh, me and Taylor, but Taylor was far better at navigating. So I kind of just let him do his thing because he was like a magician. I, I was riding as fast as I could almost. And he, he was the one <laughs> navigating. I'm like, Holy diner, man. So I was pretty stressed out on lap one because I'm like, on lap two, once he knows where to go, he's, he's really, really going to go. the hammer. 
yeah. and the last two miles of the race was just a wide open desert to the finish. So I knew oh. if I was going to be there with him, that he would smoke me because he was going to hold it wide open to die to try to beat me. So I didn't want that scenario <laughs> to happen. Yeah. And so Taylor started leading for lap two and he had already crashed once really hard. And then he had another really bad over the bars that has been on Instagram now. And it, didn't look good. Me and Colton kind of slowed down and asked him if he was all right. And he knocked the wind out of himself or something. He, he got up pretty slowly. So then it was just me and Colton. And I, I'm i like, I got to go. This is my chance. Taylor's down. It's just me and Colton. So I I dropped the hammer as hard as I could. And I gapped Colton and pretty much rode as fast as I could to the finish at that point. And pretty pretty close to the finish the chopper was right over my head and I felt like throwing my hand up and like throwing a piece of something I'm like no 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 go. Hold on. <laughs> and then I ended up I ended up going over the bars right when the helicopter was right over me so hopefully they got that on video and it twisted up my front end and I'm like holy Tristan what are you doing <laughs> so this was close to the end when you did that yeah like one mile left maybe well, and the only footage I've seen was some drone footage. So I didn't know if they actually had helicopters on site this year or not. I figured for the big guys they did, but I wasn't sure about the, the moto race. Yeah, it was over us. <laughs> how, how weird was it screaming through the desert with a helicopter over you? It's pretty cool. It like adds an extra element of pressure, kind of, I'd say. it's. I think it's a cool oh. feeling. Oh, I couldn't imagine. That would be awesome. So, um, well, I guess congratulations on the win. Sounds like uh, it had to work for it a little bit. And I, I, I saw something. I was reading Cycle News before we got on here, and I think Taylor might have broken his thumb. You, uh, you got any insight on that? Yeah, they were talking. He came in and he said that. So I don't know if he did. It was pretty swollen up. And that, that wasn't even from the crash that I saw. It was another crash after that. So Ooh. he had a couple big crashes on the day. So hopefully he's all right. I was going to say, the one I think you mentioned on Instagram was from behind. And you can't tell what he did. You can just see his boots. And, like, it looks like he's going straight over the bars, like, scorpion style. Yeah, he did that twice, actually, in front of me and Colton. Oh, jeez. I bet y'all are thinking, now I'm going to slow back down a little bit. Did he just stick to hit a rock? Or, I mean, I can't imagine the, what all's out there. The, the first one was going up the hill. He hit a rock wall and just clean over the bars. Ooh. And then that one going down the hill, I don't know if something jammed his back wheel or what happened, but nasty. Oh, man. Well, any – so, I mean, obviously, I'm East Coast here in Tennessee. I'm used to slick, slimy mud and rocks, and that's the desert. Totally different. Did you guys, setup-wise, what, what tire did you run? And suspension, did you run your pretty soft, hard enduro stuff, or did you mix it up because of the desert? I pretty much ran the same thing – I've been running the whole time, just the okay. the standard Dunlop tire and the normal suspension settings. I didn't change anything. I try to keep it pretty much the same no matter where I go. And yeah, seemed to work. Any, any gearing change? Because like you said, that last couple of miles was just wide open across the desert. No, I left it. I left it the same for the, in case there was something hard that we didn't know about, I wanted to have my first and second gear how I would normally like it. So I left it the same. What gearing are you running? Do you know, or do you care to say? Uh, 1249, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, well, dude, congratulations. Way to start the year off with a W. What, uh, 
So what's your plans? I know there's another, I guess the first AMA West Extreme Championship round is in March 20th in Page, Arizona. What uh, what are you doing till then? Uh, the plan is to stay in Arizona and get some rock, dry rock riding, and that's something I don't get to practice that much, so I'm actually looking forward to riding some dry rocks for once. Oh, man. Well, cool. Well, I, I would assume there's lots of traction. <laughs> it's the silty stuff you got to watch out for, right? Yeah, exactly. The dust on the rocks. Oh, well, uh, well, very good. Well, Tristan, thank you for the time. Uh, I guess the typical end of uh, end of an interview, let's go with the Moto Lab suspension final four questions. You've already had them once and no one will hear them, so we're going to do them again. Uh, number one, how old were you when you first started riding? Three years old. Three years old. And uh, what did your old pops put you on? The P-Dub 50. Oh, uh, the P-Dub. And then let's see, what would you go from there, the typical route? Uh, I think I actually did not go the typical route. I went, like, kind of sideways to a Honda CRF 50, I think, was my next bike. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what, that's what I did with the – actually, my kids never had a P-Dub. We went straight from to the Honda CR 50. And then uh, oh, nice. they had the, I guess they weren't around when you were growing up, the offset electric bikes. Um, yeah. Question three, what's your favorite place to ride? Uh, there's a pretty cool place near Calgary, Alberta, that not many people know about. And I don't know if there's like any videos out there, but it, there's like massive rock, like 500 foot cliffs, basically. Oh, and just like, it's huge mountains that you can hold your bike wide open on a hill climb for three minutes and still not be at the top. Like it's, it's so cool, but it's, it's a long ways out there and there's no service. So it's someplace you got to plan in advance and like make sure everyone's got extra stuff because we went last year and my friend ended up breaking a chain and we just swapped master links just to get the bikes home, which oh, yeah, it was a long hard. day. Well, no, is that, that wasn't a, fun. I'm picturing like Erzberg style hills. Is that something like that, but bigger? Yeah, it's really similar to Erzberg. There's big boulders. There's long shale climbs. There's massive waterfalls. It's it's definitely the I think one of the coolest places you can ride. Oh well, you're gonna have to maybe take some video and sneak it out and let us see it. So, and then question four: What's a random or unusual skill or hobby you're good at? I know after the whipping you laid down on us and my kids, you, you're pretty good at Mario Kart. You got any other ones? Yeah, I would say I would say Xbox. I secretly played too much <laughs> Xbox as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so is is that still going on? Or uh, I guess in those long winters, what else are you gonna do, right? Yeah, during the pandemic back in March, I think most people that like video games got in the new Call of Duty, and it was pretty addictive. So I, I definitely put some time in during COVID on that game. Uh, it looks like you didn't spend too much time on it this winter, being that you uh, came back in shape and uh, put it uh, on the top step. So who would you like to thank? We'll do the uh, the typical sponsor read here. and Let's hear it. Uh, FMF, Red Bull, KTM, FMF Vision, my new goggles, uh, U-Suite hydration packs. They're really good. Uh, Dunlop, MotorX, Thor Gear. Yeah, I got some good sponsors this year. 
Absolutely. Well, and I guess the factory comes with some of those. How uh, how are the FMF goggles? I saw Os- Zach Osborne's wearing them and uh, hadn't really talked to anyone or laid my hands on them. You liking them? Yeah, they partnered with 100% to come up with like a high quality goggle. So it's basically a 100% goggle with an okay. FMF strap for now. And I think they might branch off later. So yeah, they're a really good goggle. Okay. So, I mean, it's pretty much proven goggle already. Yeah. Which makes things easier. Well, very good. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, Get some rest. You you sore at all? Are you feeling pretty good? I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. All right, man. Well, go enjoy some of those uh, dry rocks in Arizona, and uh, hopefully we'll see you here in a few weeks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Have a good one. All right, talk to you later. See ya. See ya.